We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lourdes by donating to the Future Full of Hope Capital Campaign at LourdesDenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. Good morning, everyone. Or afternoon, sorry. I still do that at like grocery stores. I'm like, I see people, I'm like, good morning. I'm like, oh, wait, I'm not at church. Okay, anyway. Well, good to see you all. Today is the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. And I think we've got some really powerful things to reflect on today. What I want to talk with you about today is I want to talk about new beginnings and about change in our lives. There's a, a line from, from one of the popes about a century ago uh, that he, I think it was from uh, Pope St. Pius X, but he used to say all the time, Christian, become who you are. Christian, become who you are. And we're, we're going to dive into that today. Well, we're in that season, kind of uh, New Year, New You, right? New Year, New You. And I think all of us, it's just a very normal human thing that all of us look for those times in life where we can have new beginnings. Where we can start over and we can say, I want something fresh in my life, right? I want to have that, that new heart and that new spirit. And I want to stop living the way that I've lived and I want to embrace something greater. And January is kind of some time when we always think about that, isn't it? We've got our New Year's resolutions um, and all kinds of things we just we think about. I'm, I'm certainly just like that as well. And uh, there's been times in my life where even just very surface-level things feel like new beginnings. And so a couple of weeks ago, for instance, I got new glasses. Thanks for not noticing um, but I, it was time I'd have my own glasses. They were bent and just wearing out, and I'd had them for like seven or eight years. And, but I went, and I, when I went to go get new glasses, I wasn't wearing my collar. And I went in, and this woman in the, the you know, optical store was trying to steer me to different glasses that she thought would be good. And I was like, ah, I don't know about those. And, and I kind of was steering towards these. And she, when I... When I put them on, I was like, I really like these ones. She was kind of like, oh, okay. She was like, they're not, she's like, they're not bad. They're not bad, you know. She's trying to recover. And later on in the conversation, we got talking, and, um, and she asked, of course, what I do. And I said, well, I'm a Catholic priest. She goes, oh. She's like, I get it. <laughs> I still don't even know what she meant by that. I was like... Is that like, don't want to attract the women? Or was it like, a, that looks very priestly? I honestly don't know. Um, but I like my glasses, whatever. But it's a big moment, and it feels, is something as small and surface level as that, it can feel like a new beginning. You know, and if it's something in your appearance even. It's just like, okay, like, there's a fresh start. We feel that even, I don't know if you felt it the last couple of days. You know, as we pass the winter solstice, and the sun starts to come out, my melancholic soul is like, yeah, there's a new beginning. And I mean that. It really feels that way. I'm like, there's, there, is, there is light. There is hope. There's a new beginning. Um, and today, I have great news for you. Um, 
today's gospel and today's feast, today as the baptism of the Lord, what I want to preach to you today and I want you to hear and to, to feel in your hearts and your souls is that new beginning has already been achieved for you. That new beginning has already been achieved for, for you in Christ. Christian, become what you are. Uh, baptism, the baptism of Jesus Christ was a new beginning for the whole world. And the early Christians understood this, and the New Testament understands that when Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan, humanity, all of us, had a new beginning. And it's that kind of beginning that we long for that's, that's deeper than how you look. You know, maybe your New Year's resolution, I don't know, maybe you want to pray more. It's a great resolution. Maybe you want to read more and watch less television. Um, I don't know. But deep down, all the resolutions that you and I seek after and those new beginnings we want, what they point to is something that we can't achieve on our own. Right? There, there are some things in my life that I can control and there are things that I can be better at. But there are some things where I just, it's beyond me, I need God. And today's feast is a celebration, is a wonderful day of joy that in the baptism of Christ himself, the whole world has a new beginning. So why is that? Why do, why do we think that? Why, how can we say that about this moment? And a couple things. So to start off today, I just want you to notice in, in, in the time of Jesus, if you wanted that new beginning, you said, you know what? I need a fresh start. I need to return to God. I need my heart to go back to him. There was a way that everybody knew you could do that. Everyone knew if you wanted to do that, you wanted to turn to the God of Israel, and you wanted a new start, all you had to do was go to the temple and offer a sacrifice. But that's not what... John the Baptist calls people to. And he says, instead, come to the River Jordan. Come have a new start. And he says, repent. Right? And that word in the New Testament is a really beautiful word. The word repent is metanoia. Right? So let me treat you like my school kids. Everybody say metanoia. Metanoia, right? That's, that's a beautiful word. Metanoia. So meta is, is of course, that metanoia is Greek. Meta is the word for change in Greek. So think metamorphic rock. Morphe is form. Metamorphic rock is a rock that changes form. Uh, but, so meta means change. And noia is the Greek word for your mind. Don't you want a new mind? I want, I want a new mind. I want a mind that thinks the way Christ thinks. I want a mind that doesn't think about my wounds and the darkness in the world and doesn't, you know, kind of, I don't know, wallow in the mud. I want a mind that's the mind of Christ. I want my mind to change. I want metanoia, right? I want to see other people's gain as a moment for joy and not for sorrow, right? I need that new mind. And so John the Baptist calls all of Israel. He says, come to the Jordan, and he says, metanoiete, have a change of mind. Start over. 
have a new beginning. And it makes sense that John would do this at the Jordan. Because if you think about it, the Jordan, right, if you want a fresh start, what we we sometimes do is we go back to our beginnings. The very place where John the Baptist is baptizing in today's gospel is the exact place where Israel first crossed into the promised land. If you think of like a marriage, right? If, if a marriage, you get into however many years in your marriage and you say, you know, honey, we need a new beginning. Let's go back to the way things were when we started. Right? There's something that says that just in the place where John the Baptist is. Now, here's the other thing. Who led Israel across the Jordan River? Joshua, that's right. That's right. I love it. I know you all know the answer, but you're like, don't talk to the priest. (laughs) It's Joshua. Joshua leads the Jews into the promised land. In Hebrew, Joshua and Jesus are the same name. The old Joshua crosses the Jordan, and there's a baptism of Israel to enter the promised land. Today, the new and the true Joshua For the whole world, there's a new beginning. And this is how St. Paul understands baptism. So hang with me a minute. We've got to talk about St. Paul. And it's so beautiful what he says about this. And I want to challenge you today. Go home today. Today is such a day of joy. Go home today and read Romans chapter 6. Paul talks about baptism in a number of places. Romans 6 is one of them. He also talks about it in Colossians chapter 2 and 3. He talks about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. But I want to focus today on Romans 6. And here's what St. Paul says in, in Romans 6, 3. He says, Do you not know, brothers and sisters, that all of us who were baptized have been baptized into Christ Jesus. Oh, I got that wrong. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we might walk in newness of life. So Paul says, don't you know this? You're Christians. This is obvious, right? You know this. The day you were baptized, you were baptized into that moment. The reason baptism saves us, the reason the Catholic Church believes that baptism is necessary for salvation is because the crucifixion was necessary for salvation. And when you were baptized, and St. Paul says this in numerous places, you mystically and sacramentally died in the waters with Christ on the cross. And you were raised into the life of the resurrection. Amazing stuff. A new beginning, right? And what the New Testament wants to teach us, and let's one more line from that same section with St. Paul. Just a few lines down, he says, if we have been united with Christ in a death like his, well, how were you united in his death? By your baptism. 
And if we had more time, we would talk about all the ways the gospel shows that the crucifixion and Jesus' baptism are mysteriously connected. One, one like, spoiler, Jesus today, the heavens are opened when he's baptized. When Jesus dies on the cross, then the heavens are this is a place where God dwells. When he dies on the cross, the heavens are opened. In the temple, the curtain, which represents the heavens, is torn from top to bottom. And the place where God dwells is made open. Jesus' baptism and his death are mysteriously connected. Okay, but Paul says, if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our former man, and I'll get to that, our former man was crucified with him so that the sinful body might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. Here's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying that mysteriously 2,000 years ago, Jesus did more than just love me and die for me. Something mystical happened on the cross. And one of the things that happened there was that my sinful life, the sinful Brian Larkin, who lived for power and pleasure and egoism and vanity, somehow that piece of me was crucified that day. Mystically, in my baptism, my old self was united to the death of Christ on the cross. And so Jesus took that broken part of me and he crucified it so that I could live that new life that is filled with the Spirit of God. That's what happened the day you were baptized. And that's why your baptism, brothers and sisters, every time I preach about baptism, I'm like, why do I not know my baptismal day? I don't, because I'm a sinner. But that's more important than the day you were born. My baptism day was more important than the day I was ordained a priest. It's more important than anything that has ever happened in my life. The day I was baptized, I was baptized into the death of and resurrection of Christ. Christian, become what you are. And so what Pius X was saying with that is that all that thing that all of us want so badly, that new life in God, somehow, mystically, through the power of God, brothers and sisters, it already happened. And the whole Christian life, you could say, is us trying to catch up with what already happened at our baptism. Okay, so one more, one more point this morning. So in the ancient church, something you're going to be so glad that, that doesn't happen anymore. In the ancient church, what would happen is, when you were baptized, most people were baptized as adults because the world wasn't Christian yet. And so when you were baptized, what would happen is you would face west, and the priest would ask you to reject Satan. And you would, he'd give you three questions. He would say, do you reject Satan? And you would say, hopefully I do. You know, some of you are kind of like, uh, yeah, get out of my church. <laughs> I do, right? You reject Satan, you face west, you reject Satan. 
Do you reject Satan? I do. And all of his empty works, I do. And all of his empty promises, I do. Then you would turn and you would face east, the direction of the sunrise, the direction of the resurrection. And he would say, do you believe in God the Father Almighty? I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son? I do. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I do. And the church was showing us that the, the baptism is a new beginning. My old life, that was just like the worldly life of everybody else, is dead. And the new life where I live for God begins at that font. And the part you'll be glad about is that after you finish that, what would happen is we would strip you naked. And aren't you glad that doesn't happen anymore? It's coming back next year at Lord's. Stay tuned. <laughs> no, they did. They would strip you naked because your old life was symbolized by your clothes. And you'd strip them off. And you would leave that behind. And brothers and sisters, have you left your old life behind? Have you left it behind? You would strip that off. You would enter into the waters and when you came out, you know, the waters of that death, your old life died in the waters of baptism. You come out the other side, and the priest or the deacon would clothe you in a white robe because you have been clothed in Christ. So St. Paul, I'll leave you with this today. In Colossians, that's what he's talking about. And he's talking about that exact moment when you were stripped naked of your old life and you put on the new life of the resurrection. And he says this. He says, In all these sins you once walked, but now put them away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and foul talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man. Right, Jesus in my baptism, you put off the old man. You have put on the new man who is being renewed in the knowledge of his creator. Put on then, right, that new, that white garment, which is why deacons and priests wear white albs at Mass. Put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Put on compassion, kindness, Loneliness, meekness, and patience. The life of the resurrection. The life where I am compassionate and patient and loving and forgiving. Where I look like him. So today, brothers and sisters, the great news is if you don't feel like you've done that, I don't feel like I have either. But the great news is that it already happened. It's already been accomplished. God has already given you that victory on the day of your baptism. When you go home today, read Romans chapter 6 and make a prayer to God and say, Jesus, I know that sacramentally this already happened, and I know my job is I have to catch up to that. And I know that I need your grace to do it. And so, Jesus, today, Lord, I want metanoia. I want change. I want a new beginning. I want a new life. I don't want to live that life of the old Brian. I want to live the life 
of the resurrection. Jesus, today, thank you for your baptism through which you gave the entire world a new beginning.